Chris. And what do we do here at Record Night? Record Night, we pick a theme. We try to recognize a theme. We sit around, talk about it, and uh, hang out. We're, and sometimes we drink beer. You drink beer right now? Uh, wine, actually. We mm. got a like $100 off coupon for like a wine box uh, in a like wedding bundle thing. Um, so we're like, hey, let's buy some wine while we're quarantined. So we got six bottles of wine sent to us for like 40 bucks. So how much of it, like, are you using red wine or is it white wine? Yeah, or is it a mixture? all red wine. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so we, we realized we're not really big white wine people. Oh, you're not one of those people like chilled wine at all. No, no. Mm. Mm. Give me that room temperature <laughs> grape juice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are I, you drinking? Uh, just Shiner Holiday Cheer. Like that's I've almost been exclusively drinking that since uh, the holiday season. Yeah, since it became available. Yeah, because and then it's going to go away. So I just try to drink as much as possible so I get sick of it. <laughs> so I'm not craving it all year like I have been. Um, oh yeah, um, you can visit us online at facebook.com/slash record night. We're on um, we're on Instagram also at record night pod. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are two record night podcasts. We are the one with the yellow yoga and. Yeah, they're fun guys. They're the guys, but we're we're different. And uh yep. <laughs> we're on all streams. If you pod- want to find this podcast specifically, yeah. it's Record Night Pod. Yeah. And uh we're Record Night Pod at gmail.com as well if you want to send us an old fashioned email. Uh we're always looking for featured artists and um Yeah. All, all which, speaking of which, yeah. if you if you want to reach out to us, if you want your band featured, we've started doing this new slot near the uh actually at the very end, mm-hmm. we will play one of your songs all the way through. Um Give you a little introduction, like I'm about to do now, uh, <laughs> and that is uh, that is what we call a segue. Uh, our featured artist this week is Bronx. They're a uh, pop punk band from Bronx, uh, New York. Yeah, that. that um, yeah, correct. <laughs> uh, they have uh, they're influenced by Neck Deep, who I've never listened to, but a lot of punk. Pop punk people I know really like them mm-hmm. in Blink One Eighty Two, which sure. I I hear the Blink One Eighty Two a lot on this song. What's the song called? Um, this song, uh, it they're doing a holiday single this year, um, and it's called Emo Christmas, uh, which is going to be released on the eighteenth. Uh, and it'll, I'll probably release this around that time. Eighteenth, cool. Makes sense, yeah. And uh, um, and I mean the song's about. You'll hear the song uh, if you wait to the end, but it's about someone experiencing heartbreak around the holidays. Um, So you've got, I mean, you've got like the emo part of it. It definitely sounds very pop punky and it's got, you know, your Christmas cheer, Christmas vibe. You're, I don't know how you feel about holiday or Christmas music. Um, It depends. (laughs) (laughs) I really like Carol of the Bells. Okay. So are you uh when it comes to uh yellow yellow is that no I'm sorry trade inside being orchestra do you like them? I like watching it, you know, uh syncing up to Christmas lights. Okay. That's always pretty sat- pretty satisfying to watch, but I don't think I can watch it without a visual element. Okay. Uh, but if way- someone wants to uh cue uh ronks or our podcast up to Christmas lights, I'd love to see it. Sure. Um, where Could you can, imagine? <laughs> where can you find out more about Ronks? If you want to check them out, uh, they're on Instagram and Twitter at Ronks Band. Uh, they're Facebook, Ronks NY. Um, and then they're also on Spotify and yep. Bandcamp as well. Yeah. So, uh, uh, But we will have their song 
uh, all the way at the end of this episode. So stick around after after the credits, like a post credit sequence. Yeah. You can pretend you're watching an Avengers film <laughs> and wait, wait for the fun part at the end. Uh, yeah. So this will probably be the the uh, last episode we do before Christmas. Hmm. So I'm gonna go ahead and see. Merry Unless Christmas. we really get a whole bunch of free time, and a wild bug up our butt. <laughs> I can. I don't think I have free time between here and then. I'm, no, me neither. I'm busy as fuck. Um, but so I'm gonna say it right now: Merry Christmas to our listeners, or you know, happy yep. happy holidays. I'll say that. Yeah, whatever, uh, whatever you celebrate. I know Hanukkah's already started. A lot of the holiday holidays within the holiday season have already started, and by the time this releases, they'll be mostly over. Yep. Um, but I hope your 25th of December, whether you celebrate Christmas or not, is a great day. Yeah, me um, too. And the new year will hopefully be better than, certainly better than this one, but hell, how about even better than the last four? Yeah, that's that's good times. Uh, yeah, the last four for sure. Um, and I don't, I, you've heard about the, I mean, we talked about the vaccine a little bit. I mean, I guess, I guess we might be able to get by spring, supposedly. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it'd be fucking awesome if we could. Um, cause I'm getting, I'll take it. I'll chug the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, just <laughs> stick it in my spine. Yeah. Too. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, actually let's get to our theme this week of misconnections. Misconnections. So this one was in here. The, the general idea of it is bands that you're aware of, um, that you've just, for whatever reason, never checked out. Yeah. So we, we, uh, took this opportunity to make time for ourselves to give attention to bands that, we we probably should be into, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. based on our, our interest in music, but just aren't really sure. And um, so I I'm interested to see what you brought this this episode. Yeah, this has been one of those bands that, like, I've always known about them. I've I've heard at least like one song from them, mm-hmm. um, but they've always been this band that it's like. I feel like I need to be ready for it or like go into it with like a really open mind. Cause if I go into it with expectations, it's not going to be what I want Yeah, and I'm going to end up not liking it. Um, just because I mean, of all the stuff you hear, like it's, this is out of like 10 people. It's like at least one of them's favorite band. Like if you yeah. just get a random sampling of 10 people, it's like, Oh, yep. This band's my favorite band. Then you'd be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I went with uh, the Talking Heads. Which record? Uh, we're gonna do uh, "Remain in Light." Okay. And really, the only reason I picked that one um, was I did a Google of what their <laughs> <laughs> what their best album is, and like three of the links on there uh, of like ranking lists, all of them listed this one as the top one. Okay. Um, I know other people who have their personal favorites, people whose, um, I guess, opinion in music I trust more, but I feel like I needed to get, I guess, like, the essential or the quintessential Talking Heads experience. Like, yeah. hey, everyone who listens to them says, like, this is the one. Yeah, this is their crowning achievement. This is their best one. Um, I'll check it out. Everybody um, mentioned Fear of Music a lot, too. And, um, yeah. Which I did not get around to listening no, to. No. Yeah. I really, really only listen to this album uh, <laughs> uh, so far. Uh, but I think now that I'm, like, in the thick of it, uh, I'll probably give the rest a listen at some point. Yeah. Um, but Talking Heads formed in 1975 in New York. They were they were one of, like, the big, like, CBGB's bands and really kind of in the New York 
punk scene. Right. It's weird that both the main dudes, Brian, you know, David Byrne, apparently uh, they're both British. Like, one's Scottish, one's British, but everyone else in the band is American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think Brian Eno was more of a, like, he's a producer that they collaborated with. Yeah. Kind of like the talking heads work with Brian Eno, and he kind of does his own influence and it's all very kind of uh, synergistic and everyone's working together. But he, I don't think he was technically part of the band. And if you guys haven't, don't know who Brian Eno or David Byrne are, I, I'm going to guess you haven't been listening to music at all. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're pretty legendary. And, um, but the, the thing is, I never listened to Talkins either. I just, I just knew who they were. David right. Byrne, Brian Eno, so. I've listened to more... Um, Brian Eno than I have Talking Heads. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, and actually, I guess I've listened to more David Byrne than I have Talking Heads. Because he did an album with uh, St. Vincent yeah, at yeah. one point that did I listened you listen to. to that? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it was awful. <laughs> I didn't listen to it. I just knew that I listened to a W2F with um, with uh, St. Vincent. What's her real name? I know it, but I forget it. I know. Anyway, she was on it, and she talked about the amazing experience she had with David Byrne creating that record oh, with Mark Maron. Hmm. But uh, I mean, I'm sure it could be fun. Do you like St. Vincent? Yeah, I I like her first three albums. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not too familiar with her. I did, I have listened to her uh, ever since we got a Spotify subscription. I was like, oh, okay, I can just listen to St. Vincent or whatever right. I want to. <laughs> And so uh, I do like her. I, I think she's really interesting. Her music's really interesting in that mm-hmm. in that way. But uh, um, but they but yeah, they did a lot of collaboration with Brian Eno, and this is like the third and kind of the end of their collaborations with him. Mm. Uh, so this is kind of like the I guess like the culmination of everything they worked on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess really the reason I missed out on them was because. I I felt like I needed. It's one of those bands like I needed to give them an open mind to listen to them. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I'm generally op- I'm really open minded with music, but if I go in with an expectation of what I think a band should sound like, it'll really color whether I like it or not, and it takes me a longer time to come around to them. So, um, uh, when I, whenever I listen to something for the show, I always sort of try to figure out wh- what is Ryan gonna think of this, and if it's really out there, I think that I go to the bet. But Ryan has some nice things to say about it, um, mm-hmm. or if or if it's not really that out there, or if it's out there and pointless, <laughs> I'm not sure what Ryan will think about it. But so uh, with this one, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, um, let me before we go into it, mm-hmm. I'm gonna. There's a little bit of kind of like backstory to sure. this one, mm-hmm. and I guess it it kind of colors what I think puts this one at the top of a lot of people's list is. Uh, all the talking heads were kind of just like they, they were kind of getting tired of the like David Byrne running everything mm-hmm. um, and because he really more thought of the band as like we all work together to make like the best thing but it really just kind of turned into like him running the show right um, they're kind of getting tired of that this was kind of like they're like they're just going to like try whatever they want uh, they worked together a lot. They did all really interesting things. Like it was a super experimental in how they recorded stuff. A lot of the things on here were recorded in like uh, they'd play through the song, but it was all just like they'd play like a single note. Yeah, because this was all before like sampling and stuff like that. So they played an album that kind of sounds like a lot of the stuff is sampled. 
Right. Okay. Um, and they like splice it together. They did a lot of really interesting stuff. The way they wrote things was they would just do these like really long jams and cut it out, cut out the parts that sounded good. And then they would take those home and like learn how to play those like parts that sounded good. And I don't know. It just sounds really freeform, really kind of uh, artistically liberating, I guess, <laughs> yeah. where like they, they really had no, um, no limits to what they could do on stuff. It was just kind of like, Hey, let's try this thing. Let's try this thing. Let's, what it, do you think this works in here? We'll kind of like squeeze some stuff in. So they really, yeah, they really just kind of tried, um, tried a bunch of different things. Uh, the lyrics and stuff like that are all like free association. Yeah, there, there are a lot of people that think the lyrics mean something on Genius. And it, oh, yeah. it, Genius wouldn't load for me, so I'm like, fuck it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, uh, I mean, I was looking into it, but yeah, it's a lot of kind of like, Free association, stream of consciousness, very kind of like, I don't know, like beat poety. Like, yeah, very beat. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to yeah. Yeah, it just feels it. It it's just a real kind of like loosey goosey work together, anything goes kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, let's. Uh, you okay. want to get into it? Yeah. So we'll I'll play a little sampler for uh, "Remain in Light" by the Talking Heads. You guys can find it on Spotify. If you don't do Spotify, uh, I guess just I'm just sure your local local workstore probably has a copy in stock. Oh yeah, of yeah. probably like every and, Talking Heads album, or if you or go to YouTube yeah, or wherever you find your music, you you'll definitely find Talking Heads. So ask that one friend in your uh, group of ten <laughs> friends; he probably has a copy of it. Yeah, that's true. I, I could probably ask um, our friend Marissa for a copy of it. So I'm sure. She oh, does. I bet she. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I uh, bet she does. So here. Uh, here is Talking Heads Remain Light. Recognize. 
that's um the standpoint for <laughs> Talking Heads Remain Light. Yeah, but, that uh, wasn't the whole album. Yeah, it, only it was. Um, so uh, I did like the fact that you you include the overload, just the last two words in the record in that yeah. last song. Uh, so I will say, making the sampler, and maybe this will kind of reveal some of my feelings mm. about this album. Making the sampler was fucking easy because the songs, are, every single song, is just chorus verse and it's the same throughout the whole song yeah so what i did is i just took a random chunk out of every (laughs) out of a verse i took a random chunk out of chorus and it's like you can't tell (laughs) you can't tell that it took me like 15 minutes to do it so mine uh when we get to my i'll mention why mine was easy but uh so this was released in 1981 correct uh yes so you can really tell by the way because um because uh, electronic w- wasn't exactly; it was still pretty new at that time. Electronic music, and um, it it's it's so full of cheese. A lot of this, a lot of this record. I think my thing with this one, where maybe the disconnect happens, is that I I guess I wasn't there for it because like, <laughs> yeah, I I'm I'm reading all this stuff and hearing all this stuff and like all the stuff they're doing is really interesting and really innovative but then i listen to it and i get bored so like because what's happened after that or even like within the same band with the stuff that they're doing and it's like i realize like the process is really interesting but if i'm not seeing them making the process i'm just kind of hearing it yeah it it, it's just kind of boring and it's like eight songs but each song is each song seems like it's three minutes too long (laughs) so yeah uh and you're right when it comes to us being the age we are. We didn't see Romaine like come out. It didn't blow our minds like it blew our own. But there's still people that are our age there. Like, for example, my friend. I have a friend. I talked to her about, I mentioned that we're doing Romaine in Light. I talk, and she's like, I fucking love the talking heads. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, you know, she's younger than I am. Mm-hmm. But I... I know her taste is generally skewed, skewed to stuff like older stuff. Like she loves the Velvet Underground. She really loves um that sort of stuff, which is fine. Um, it's just that I this record has a lot of um I, I when I think talking heads, I think like indie. I think sort of like a mm-hmm. I think like a raw, but this sounds like a like halfway like a disco record. Like very you know what it sounds like to me? I, I wrote down exactly what it okay. sounds like. Um, did I put, where did I put that note? Um, oh, dang. Right, right. I think what I wrote was it sounds like the transition music in, like, educational films from the <laughs> 90s. Like... Learn how to use your new software. And then, you know, it puts like a list or something on there. Um, Sharpen your pencil. So I think, yeah, I think, like, I I didn't hate it. Yeah, Um, yeah, there were things I liked about it, but... but The people who told me to listen to different albums uh, instead of this one also don't like this album. They told me to listen to ones that, like... Looking at it now, we're none of the Eno produced ones. Okay. Um, so I'm curious to hit like Talking Head 77, which is what Psycho Killer comes from, which yeah. is the one I've heard and See, everyone's heard. The only song I've actually were familiar with on this one was uh, Once in a Lifetime. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I, I feel like I've at least heard the chorus of that song. Yeah. 
And when I was um, when it came on, I was like, "Oh, I fuck, I know this song." <laughs> like I didn't know it was by until it came on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's it's like I said, it's a lot of like really interesting and innovative ideas. Um, you know, the stream of consciousness stuff, the recording style, the collaborative effort, um, and like even just like the Wikipedia page is a really interesting yeah. read through of just like. Uh, the context at the time for what was going on in the band. You watch a documentary um, about Talking Heads, right? No, you wouldn't I would, though. Yeah, no, I'm saying oh, you would. I would. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, thought yeah. you asked if I did, and I was like, no, no, no. Where's um, <laughs> but I just kind of overall found it really boring. Like mm. it, it gets into these grooves that are really cool, but they don't. I don't know. They just don't like play around enough in it. So it's just like they set up this like little loop. And then it's that for five minutes, and it's like, well, that's what you're doing. And it's like, so, oh. the, but I, I, do, I do think that the um, that what I read about it is that there's African inspired beats or African inspired beats, and that's through every song on the record, which is pretty cool. It's mm-hmm. it's dancing and it's also bleak. I mean, this this whole record is bleak because, I mean, that's that's talking heads. Um, but um, you want to just go through this track by track, and we'll. And then we we'll- should, yeah. Okay, so the first one is uh, Born Under Punches, parentheses, mm-hmm. The Heat Goes On, which yeah. has, it's kind of funky. Like, it's yeah, got yeah. like a funky bass, it's got funky guitar, it's got this uh, kind of interlocking rhythm. Yeah. Um, it- that like, it's repetitive, and this is kind of what I feel like on the whole album, it's repetitive, but after a while it does kind of get like hypnotic and you kind of get like into it. Yeah, I kind of dug this song. It's not my favorite on the record, but... uh I did like the disco scratch guitar and the random beeps and boops and electronic sounds in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I do like the chorus in this is pretty interesting because I will mention that David Byrne he doesn't really sing a lot in this record at all. He's right. He sort of just talks, sort of. And it, it, I listened to a song that my friend recommended me from Fear of Music, and I'm like, oh, the David Byrne's singing in this one, but in this Weird. one, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> but in this one he's sort of just talking. But the I do like the chorus because it's sort of like a it's like a vocal sort of like a, I think like a Motown sort of chorus, mm-hmm. but was kind of spooky, you know, like 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 off, off kilter that way. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, it has a really cool like noisy guitar solo that I'm pretty sure is by uh, Adrian Bellow oh, okay. or Bellu from later period King Crimson. Oh really? Oh fuck. Okay. Which, <laughs> that was kind of another thing I ran into listening to this one is um, King Crimson from like Red. No, not red. Um, Discipline. Mm. It, I was listening to this and I was like, "Wow, this is like a less interesting version of King Crimson's Discipline." <laughs> okay, um, but he's on here, and it's like, "Oh, well, maybe that's why I, I heard the uh, the King Crimson stuff." But then, like, the vocals kind of build in layers. Like, again, it does really cool stuff, like really cool moments, but not enough that like to keep I was interested. ever like. Oh, listen to this interesting thing. <laughs> yeah, and the outro and the he goes on, I think they say that like a hundred times. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I was, I was, you know, like, every it was hypnotic, but that, that also takes me out of it. It feels mm-hmm. like I'm not really paying attention to it. I'm not in, yeah. into it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to harp on this thing a lot. Um, it, I mean, it does some really cool things, but like, overall, not a huge fan but this doesn't mean that I dislike the Talking Heads, or even really like have anything against this album. Yeah, uh, I just don't think it's for me. Like I, I can hear it's like 
oh yeah there's cool stuff here it's not a poorly made album it's not poorly produced it's not i don't know it it's mostly leaning on like this just wasn't for me yeah i'm with you on that actually like um this i don't think there's anything like technically wrong with this album beyond just i don't like it yeah yeah it's yeah we're not saying that it's straight up shit at all mm-hmm. um but it's just this 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 wasn't made for me although i thought it should have been <laughs> like yeah, yeah which hearing people is talk about why the, i'm gonna keep trying more talking heads it's like there's gotta be something there i like, know you know whose favorite record this is this is trent Reznor's favorite record really yeah well, he's more of like a producer. I think there's a lot more stuff to dig into as someone who like produces music. Yeah, he says that like I guess a listener. He says that whenever he's in a bad place, he can always turn to remain in like. Interesting. Yeah, it, it, it's um, like he was in a bad place a lot during the '90s. So, um, <laughs> so what's that move on? Yeah, to? then we move on to Cross-eyed and Painless. Yeah. Um. And oh, by the way, like Ryan said, this is very. Uh, Free association when it comes to things. A lot of people are like, I don't know what the fuck this means, but it's fucking awesome. That's like something common to see on Genius. Um, but um, <laughs> but uh, this this song is it's more it's another jaunty beat. Um, yeah, it's kind of like an off kilter funk track. Yeah, they definitely kind of lean a lot on funk on the first. Two and songs. also also like disco guitars, but yeah. You know, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that in here. Um, it's got this really fun little like. Twee twoo flute, flute sound like and I, I do think the chorus on this is the closest thing to have to do a hook on this record. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you want to count uh, once in a lifetime, which is a weird song to be a single. I think, but I do too. But it's got that catchy chorus, which <laughs> I think is why it's the single. Because like I was, I mean, I was walking around getting set up mm-hmm. uh, for the podcast tonight. Yeah, humming it. Yeah, um, like it's super catchy. Um, but this is another one. Like I don't know. It's I started really noticing like for as much like free association and improvising and jamming and stuff that they were doing. Like every song was kind of the same. Yeah, yeah. Formula where yeah. it was like you get a loop set up, you do the verse and when his like talky thing, and then uh, you do the chorus where he sings ish, and then there's a noisy guitar <laughs> solo in there. I do like okay, so the, yeah, like the noisy guitar solo, I'm really into. I'll keep, I love them. I, 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 there should be just a whole record of that. Honestly, I would be right. so into that. But um, all a lot of the songs in here kind of sound the same. I got that. Like 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 it was hard to like I, I listened to this record probably four times, so I could yeah. remember the differences. Like like I, was, <laughs> I would listen to them like I'm trying to feel the like trying to get a, get a uh, feeling for each song. I'm not saying that that records that have songs that don't sound the same, right? Uh, I mean, but uh, this is um this is this is interesting to me when it comes to if they're trying to say something with this record instead of having collections of songs, you know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I have a big problem with people who who will say, well, let's go buy this track for track, uh, or they look at his collection of songs instead of a record, where I feel like you and I, we look at his record and, and a collection of songs to come right. with the message. And I, I, I don't know how, how I feel about about Remain. Remain Light is not a record I'm going to buy. No. Um, but I, I might would, revisit it further on. If I start getting more into the talking heads, be like, okay, maybe let's see if I can get it now. Yeah, maybe like, and I was thinking maybe this thing's kind of a grower, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I did find myself seeing it all a few times, like the third time I went, oh, I remember this part, and sort of nod my head to right. this. 
Um, and I did play it for my wife while we were working today, and she didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, if I found the Beastie Boys, she didn't tell me that, turn that turn that shit off. But, right. Um, yeah, but, I think kind of what I was hoping for, I guess, with the Talking Heads is, as far as I know, like, they've always seemed like they're just kind of like some weird but smart, like, art punk mm-hmm, guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was like, I want to go into this as, like, a headier Devo, maybe. And I didn't get that. <laughs> And I didn't get it at all. It was just kind of like, wow, this isn't nearly as fun as Diva. <laughs> I want to mention the ver- verse four in this. It starts as facts. And so I just on the, wrote down facts. And he was doing like a sort of rap. He moved through it real quick. And I was uh-huh. like, I was like, how fucking corny is that? Because it is corny. <laughs> it comes off as really Lot, corny. Lots of corny cheese in uh, this record. Lots of it. But I think it's a lot of things that at the time weren't corny. But over time have become corny. Because like, this was around the time like or maybe even a few years after rap or hip hop was emerging. So yeah. I think, I definitely think they were inspired by it. Oh, sure. Sure. But that's like, you know, the early, the very early hip hop stuff. But that I can't like we listen to now. And we're like, Ooh, that's corny. I can't think of a time in this record where David Byrne is honest to goodness singing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, not that. Uh, but I think he was trying to move away from it. I think that is a stylistic choice. Okay. And I'm not saying that, uh, that it's, he needs to sing. By the way, mm-hmm. that makes me sound like some sort of like, some sort of asshole. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Uh, th- this was not my favorite song on the record. I, I still mm-hmm. have my. I actually did. There is a song, one song mm-hmm. on here I really like. Yeah, yeah. There's one for me too. Um, um, but let's move on to the next great song, uh, the greatest curve. Which, who would have guessed? It's got some interlocking instrumental parts. Yeah, in in a in a. Uh, it's another busy beat, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and it's called the great curve. You said the greatest curve, but I think it's just the great curve. I thought I said the great curve. Oh, well, rewind uh, the tape. Yeah, I'll fix it. <laughs> um, I actually, I thought the chorus in this was really cool. Cause it's like, uh, three lines happening at once. Like three choruses are just kind of layered on top of each yeah, other. It was, it, it was, works. Yeah. Yeah. I had genius really helped with that. Actually. I was like, Oh, what are they saying? But this thing, this song has the first dirty synth guitar solo, like that I really loved in this in, in this song in particular. The <laughs> curve is sorry, I got the little hiccups. Um, and I'm trying to see, yeah, it looks like Andrew Adrian Blue did the guitars on this too. And I'm sure he did the wild solo that's in this because I that's that's my favorite part of the song is the guitar solo between the chorus and verse three. Yeah, and I was super into that. But I, uh, other than that, the, the, if I already did that, I don't really want to dissect the lyrics in this really that much. But I, like, I really didn't write down any of the lyrics yeah. except maybe later on. But yeah, nothing really, nothing really stood out to me. Yeah, I mean, um, they, they mentioned she a lot. Like, who is she? Could be the government, could be sexy lady, could be like mother nature, it could be anything. Yeah, it's and, whatever you want it to be, just yeah. free associate with yeah. it. Yeah, and you know a lot of people, you know, think that. <laughs> so, and it's it's all right song. It's 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 a lot like the other two, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but it has a, a better guitar solo than the other ones. <laughs> all right, well, let's get into the single from this, and then the song that people have probably heard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, once in a lifetime, you hear this song. You can hear this on the radio. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's super, it's super eighties. Um, and it's like, yeah, it, it has that, uh, that 
in educational film transition vibe to it. Uh, and, um, but the chorus is catchy as hell. Yeah, and it, you know, and it's a song that everyone can sort of relate to, and it comes like, you know, we're all running from time, but it it really after us though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like that's why I got from it. But the but yeah, it's everyone knows this song. You've heard it, even if you don't think you have. You definitely heard it. Um, you've heard it on the radio, you've heard it on TV, you've heard it in, I bet, educational videos when they transition from one thing to other. Like, yeah, you've about probably your body. heard it in a. Uh, <laughs> movie trailer or something maybe that's just school bus you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) but this is uh that's if you haven't heard this song i guess go listen to it yeah i i mean it's it's worth checking out yeah i mean this this is is kind of one of those albums i feel like people should listen to to see if they have an opinion on it yeah uh, and i'm sure we have some listeners that are saying what are you talking about this shit is amazing and maybe it is Mm -hmm. and we just don't get it <laughs> uh, please send hate mail yeah. to recordnightpod at gmail dot com. <laughs> I, I'd actually be thrilled if we got some hate mail. <laughs> I'd be into that. Um, but we'll move on to houses in motion, uh, which actually uh, that this one starts to sound a little darker. Yeah, they try to explore a little. It's it's some more of the darker textures. Yeah, but it, in this is the one where I noticed that the course is basically. The same thing as the verse, but with the organ over it, like mm-hmm. different vocal pattern. Because I don't want to say melody; it's not a real melody. But um, there's different vocal pattern than the core, than the verse, but it's the exact same shit. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, I like the I like the slowly building of it, but um, you know, whatever. <laughs> it, yeah, I don't know. I was listening to it, and for some reason, in this song specifically, the drums stood out a lot more. Yeah. And I was like, man, it must be so boring to be the drummer on this song. <laughs> so it was just like... For like five minutes. And like not even a drum fill. Nothing. Yeah, I don't really have an idea. Like you said, you didn't run any lyrics, but apparently David Byrne has a thing when it comes to houses. Mm-hmm. I guess. That's something they say. And I guess I see that. I don't know. They they're probably like oh I saw that movie uh what is it True Stories or whatever he directed <laughs> and they're probably like he's weird about houses <laughs> yeah so um I I didn't really like this song that much um House in Motion was uh, honestly probably the weakest song on the record to me except mm-hmm. for the except the second weakest we'll get to the weakest song I think <laughs> later on um, uh so we'll move on to Seen and Not Seen which adds some like slap bass and claps into the the texture this is the weakest on the record to me but it really i like i agree mm-hmm. um but also had the only time i was like Ooh, these lyrics are kind of interesting yeah, it's like a poem you know yeah about like f- faces or like your outside how you portray yourself actually reflecting yeah, your then, real personality yeah, and saying that over time you might change your appearance to fit what books, movie, TV, magazines make you think you should look. And mm-hmm. and maybe that's not a good thing, or maybe it's a thing. I don't know. It's, it's Yeah, or there's the part where um, I think he mentioned something along the lines of, like, your outside not matching your inside. Yeah. So, Whoa. Oh, crazy, man. Um, I don't know. I, I actually really like the lyrics on this one, um, but then I didn't like the song, so... I remember I read the genius part of this. I'm like, God, they're all over his dick. Like, like it's pretty. 
the lyrics in this one to me don't they're interesting but they're not like thought provoking me they're pretty uh, out on the surface not that I need lyrics to be thought provoking we'll, we'll talk about that later but mm-hmm. but this one I mean yeah it's fine but it's also not not really not I didn't like the song that much <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah uh, it's it's musically uh, I think the the weakest song on the record scene and not singing. oh yeah um, um, which then brings us to listening when my favorite song on the record, my favorite as well. Yeah. Um, I feel like this one had, uh, a chorus mm-hmm. that was really catchy. It's pretty close to, to singing. It had really interesting lyrics along with kind of some really cool, like creepy sounding music. Yeah. Yeah. I said spooky for sure. Cause, um, if you read it, it's about this, it's basically, it could be about something happening today about these Americans, Going into a uh, a village, and I think the name is actually Mojik is actually Arabic, and him going to blow some people up, um, mm. and it's I like this I like this song quite a bit. Uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, it, it does get a little trudgy to get to the end, like the Astro is a little, uh, but um, mm. <laughs> but but it kept me engaged the whole time for sure. Yeah, yeah, this one by far my favorite on the album. Yeah, um, and I, I, w- I recommend if you listen to one song of this record, it's definitely this one. You'll get something out of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, which then actually brings us to the last song. The that Overload. I, I had heard, or at least saw on some corner of the internet, I don't know where, that this song was, like, the purpose of it was to sound like Joy Division, but nobody had heard Joy Division, so it was like, <laughs> They wanted to sound like what they thought Joy Division sounded like. Huh. Well, I don't think it sounds like, like Joy cool. Division. Yeah, I mean, I like it Joy sounds Div- like what Joy Division might sound like. I like Joy Division, though. I mean, for the most part. I mean, I, they're kind of another misconnection for me. Okay. Well, yeah. I know. I know. I've listened to closer. Um, closer yeah. and what was the no, what's the other one? What's their big one? Fuck. I thought closer was the big one. <laughs> Shit. I mean, I've listened to uh, I've listened to their albums a couple of times. I just flat out don't remember them. Um, this one kind of has like a planes flying over sound. It's a little, it's ominous, kind of like I don't know, like you're sitting on a within like a fleet of planes, kind of hovering over stuff. It's a really interesting. And by the way, interesting this, vibe to it. The song you're thinking of, the record you're thinking of is "Unknown Pleasures." That's the one. Yep. So, why do I remember closer when "Unknown Pleasures" is the famous one yeah yeah everyone does a cover i've seen uh plenty of girls in college wearing has this this uh cover or that cover tattooed in the back of their leg mm-hmm. yeah I it's a good cover yeah it's pretty cool looking <laughs> you know it's like kind of 3d it makes you think of a sort of recording i guess uh-huh. um but um yeah but that was i mean that was talking heads remain in light um i don't have a whole lot to say about this one usually we we're able to keep going on this one but this one was kind of hard for me to grasp in the way of what well, everyone talks about it, at least, you know? Yeah, I think I there might be, like, more to, like, explore. Um, I mean, the story and stuff uh, behind all the stuff was really interesting. Um, like, it'd be a cool one to, like, dig into in, like, a how did they do the production stuff or, I don't know, going in with, like, a super open mind or... Mm-hmm lyrical mind and looking at the lyrics and being like, Ooh, what could he possibly mean? But 
I don't know. It just didn't really do it for me. Yeah. But I will. I mean, I'll be listening to other Talking Head stuff. I was at least interested enough in what they were doing that it's like, all right, I want to see what else they can bring. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't quite get anything out of it as much as other people did. Uh, like you said, uh, I might check out your music. Um, uh, in you know seventy seven that sort of thing. I'll, like, like, like you said, there's something in it. There has to be something about it, you know. Right. And so I want to find that thing that's about it and remain the lights. It's maybe maybe listening to those other records and going through, I get something out of the way they've progressed or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, I don't know, man. I listened to this thing three times today. It's not unpleasant. It wasn't painful to listen to. It's just it's just not my shit. Yeah, when I had to like, I had to like sit still and listen to it. Um, and I was just like, are you over yet? I don't have anything to say about any of these songs. <laughs> um, and then I think like early on when we were kind of discussing doing this episode and I was mm-hmm. about to send you what mine was, I almost changed it. I was almost like, I might have to pick another album because I only made it like five songs in. Oh, yeah. I was kind of just like, I can't listen anymore. I'm really bored. But. Um, I really wanted to give it its fair shake since everyone said it was their best one. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's that's some um, talking heads. Um, that's that one. What uh, what was your misconnection? My misconnection was the replacements. Uh, mm. That is also a misconnection for me. Yeah. So both of them, both of both of these are misconnections for both of us. So um, the replacements are from Minneapolis, Minnesota, started in 1979. And they were originally a punk rock band, which if you mm-hmm. listen to their first record, which I did, Who Nanny, um, you will definitely hear the punk influence. Uh, they sounded a lot like, a, I guess, a Clash, but a more punk Clash. Okay. Um, and it, it, the, the band consists of Paul Westerberg, uh, Tommy Stinson to a point, um, Chris Mars, Bob Stinson, Slim Dunlap, and Steve Foley were all members of this band. But uh, the record I actually chose was Pleased to Meet Me. Um, their second major label re- uh, release, and this is when Bob Simpson was kicked out of the band uh, for uh, serious substance abuse problems. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, in fact, he 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 uh, he only recorded. They been recorded demos for this record, and he only showed it to one of them, and then they kicked him out. <laughs> and apparently, uh, that's big contention, very very contentious with uh, fans of their placements, and the fans. Fan, big fans call it placements. They call them the mats because a lot of people would call them when they heard the name. They call them the the play the play. The people thought they said the placemats instead of their placements, oh. <laughs> and so people just started calling them mats, and that's what their fans call them. And it took me a long time in the internet to figure that out. I'm like, why the fuck? And then the Wikipedia just told me. Um, <laughs> well, they call them mats, and uh, after listening to this record, I might call them mats because uh, anyway, um. It's called. It's pleased to meet. It's their second major release, released in nineteen eighty. I said seven, nineteen eighty seven, and mm-hmm. it's. And I like you. I went on the internet to figure out what would be the best replacements records to start with, and I got and I got a lot of different answers, a lot of different right. ones, and uh, I almost switched to the Let It Be, but for some reason the internet pushed me in the direction of pleased to meet me. Which is it's like I think this is the only album I actually know a song from. Oh, you know, okay, I was completely new to, to this record. And can I guess the song you know? Yeah, the ledge. Nope. Okay. All right, moving on. <laughs> we'll, get to, <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh, but 
I don't even think you'll guess how I know it. I, I'm, I'm excited to hear. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to it. On the edge of your seat, I hope. Yeah. It's a very uninteresting story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why I've missed the replacements. I've read up on them plenty of times. I've heard crazy stories about the shit they did to, to uh, stiffs in the music industry. And uh, the 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 way they treat the music industry is very fucking punk rock, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Or it seems like. Um, but, and they're sort of like one of those bands that they really brought power pop, I guess, as a... As a um, Big thing, kind of, yeah, kind of big star, which I have their their record somewhere. Um, on my oh, show, hey. yeah. well, we'll get back to them, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, <clears throat> please meet me as a it's it's my introduction to the replacements, and um, I I think I slept on them for too long, um, right? <laughs> now, you're a big Matt's fan, yeah. Well, um, I guess we'll find out. We'll find out. I'm gonna play the the sampler for. Uh, please meet me, and then we'll get deep into this thing. Yeah, let's hear it. All right, this is uh, Places Please Meet Me. You can find it on Spotify and other places like we mentioned earlier. Here we go. So that was the replacements. Uh, I, I should have got that. sneaky horn bit at yeah, the end. I know. I, should, I, I tried to get that break in there, but it sounds like it should have ended there anyway. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is that was uh, the sample for replacements. Please to meet me. I don't know if you tell, but I fucking loved this record. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, was, I fucking loved it. Um, uh, I, I, 
I listened to it once and I was, and then I was to it and I'm like, yeah. And the third time I was like, fuck yeah. I played this one some, <laughs> the mats, man. Um, uh, this, this is a great, great thing to, for me to, to find right now. Um, I think Ashley, after, for Christmas, I want the Please Me on vinyl. So, oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's, it does, it does sound a little dated. I'll give it that. It's got a little jingle jangly sort of almost a Tom Petty feeling to it in some points. Yeah, I think that's what I was kind of picking up on. Like, I, I certainly don't hate myself some Tom Petty, but there were certain times in it that it was kind of like, is this dad rock? <laughs> but I don't know. I, I really came around to it. I, I love the, the one song I knew turned out to be my favorite song. And it's like, I still fucking love that song. What song is it? We'll find out when we Ooh, get there. Okay, then. Uh, I have, <laughs> my favorite song because of pretty early in the record, but um, but yeah, like it. It was a band that I, people said I should be into, and I felt like I should be into, and I, I was right. I was totally into that song. Um, it it has that it has punk uh, has a little bit of punk uh, influence. You hear it all throughout the thing, um, and it, you mean kind of like a. Like a, a, I don't want these terms psychobilly because that's overused, but it's, it's got like it a, has it has a rockabilly vibe, yeah. kind of the um, not like some of like the cheesier stuff, but yeah. I mean there's like a little bit of like Brian Setzer in there. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Um, and uh, yeah, man. Uh, do you want to just go this track by track and we'll talk about it a little bit more? We should, yeah, yeah. since we're kind of talking about a little bit of the rockabilly stuff. So, uh, I O U actually is the first song. Maybe the first song I sort of got a rockabilly vibe on. Oh yeah, that's the first thing I wrote down. Is like this sounds like a rockabilly song, and it rocks too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I liked it a lot. This album also had some like lyrics I really liked about the the I O U nothing. Yeah, and it apparently was really funny. And apparently that what Genius says, and I'm, I kind of believe it. Um, Paul Westerberg, who wrote this song, he explained uh, that he that he this is Iggy Pop gave him an autograph uh-huh. that's wrote on there I O U nothing, <laughs> <laughs> which is. Fucking badass, okay, pop. <laughs> and I mean another you, misconnection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I know raw power. You know, nope. Didn't even listen to that. What? Okay. I mean, I'm surprised you haven't heard <laughs> it. Um, I mean, I mean, I've I, heard the passenger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think everyone has. Iggy mm-hmm. Pop is. I don't know as much as what it should have, but I know I know raw power at the very least, and it's it's Iggy Pop. I mean, crazy old man shirt off. Well, now he is. Yeah, he's got these weird old man veins that still, like still Sylvester Stallone has. Like they're jacked, <laughs> but it looks weird, like wiggly and. Uh huh. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um. But you you had kind of touched on like music industry stuff yeah. in this, and they had oh. the line in there about uh, "I'm losing all I own" on the dotted line. Yeah, that was a cool line. I, I like that quite a bit, and I, I want to say that all the lyrics in this are pretty straightforward. There's nothing too too veiled, and. Yeah, this wasn't. I listened to this almost immediately after listening to "Remain in Light." And same, and, I listened and, to them back to back, and that's the best way to listen to because this was like a relief. I felt like yeah. I felt like I could let loose or something. Like you know, I, I was smiling a lot. I was into this record quite a bit um, after listening to after I listened to "Remain in Light," and I was like, "God, yes!" Like like <laughs> it's and this is mostly re- recorded as a trio. You can hear some uh-huh. guitar over overlays, like two guitars, but um, this 
This record's kind of a fucking delight, honestly. Yeah, I really liked um, in this song and really throughout the whole album. There's a lot of good, like, varied vocal deliveries. Like, he's mm-hmm. kind of all over the place. Sounds like he's actually having fun yeah, it, singing the stuff. And it's uh, some 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 sort of anthematic things. Like, some you want to, like, like, yeah, shake your head like, yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I use the opening track, and it's kind of like a rockabilly song. And then good opener too. Yeah, and then we get uh, the second record. No, the second song, Alex Chilton, my favorite song on the record. My favorite song, yeah. and also the only song I heard from them because it was in Rock Band. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Um, and it's a great song. It's fun to play. Yeah, uh, Alex Chilton. He is um he is the lead singer of a Big Star. Big Star. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've a ton of bands. Uh, on ours, some of my favorites like Ellie Smith. Has a big star cover on his um, New Moon uh, record. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, 13, which I, I learned how to play his cover of it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like how I learned to play his cover of all his, all my friends have settled down, his cover of that Hank Williams Jr. song. I know mm-hmm. I've learned that cover of that cover, so I cover that cover. But, um, nice. But uh, this song on here, it actually has Alex Chilton on it. Oh, really? Yeah, he, um, uh, let me see where I can find that. Well, I, I read somewhere that was true. Now I'm not, now I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Alex Chilton. Uh, it's it's a fun song, like quite. A, it's very fun, especially in the chorus where it says they sing "I'm in love" and then they they have the hand claps. And yep. I wrote down and all like and it, I scribbled in all caps hand claps because I think if you're gonna do a boot power prop song, it needs to have hand claps. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I love this song they wrote two great choruses for, and so they just, every chorus had two choruses in it, and each one's catchy, so that's the part that starts off with, like, Children by the Millions, <laughs> it, so was, uh, and then it's just like, then it hits the, I'm in love. Yeah, yeah two great, that song. God, yeah, the chorus part, God, I just... I loved it so much. That's when I actually laughed out loud at how much I was enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, that song, it has a great chorus. And then I love at the end when it's kind of like all the instruments drop out. And I think yeah. that's part you're talking about with the hand claps. Yeah. Where it's like the last chorus you get is just like, it's like acoustic guitar and hand claps. And it's like, I don't know. I love when instruments drop out. Yeah. I think and that's so cool. And um, th- this record has a few things that uh, I noticed in here. Lots of big stops. Like there's at least three mm-hmm. songs where there's a break, you know? And like that last song, for example, that I caught the break right. <laughs> in the clip. And I should have caught that, but I didn't. And you guys heard it. But um, yeah, uh, I liked it. This is my favorite song on the record. That's not to say there aren't other great songs on this record, because there are. But this one uh, really hit me in the in the good spots. Right. Um, but let's move on to uh, I Don't Know. Which you is don't the, know. You should look it up. Yeah, I'm looking it up, and that's the name of the song. Uh, this also has a great line: "One foot in the door, the other foot in the gutter." When it comes to the yep, chorus, had, that was the one line I had written down. And it's it it's pretty easily made about the music industry, or like you know, you know, saying one foot in the door, the music industry, one the gutter where I came from because of punk rock. I don't know if you got that, mm-hmm. but I did. <laughs> well, I think to me it sounded like um, they have their foot in the door, but they're not making any money from it. Mm-hmm. Is there because you know they're getting screwed over by the music industry? Um, but this song was also, at least to me, probably like the most obviously funny song. Yeah, they threw in like some saxophone, which you know, 
objectively funny instrument. But um, <laughs> yeah. it was more like they have the stuff where they're like, he'll say like a thing, like a call and response, and they say like, I don't know. Yeah. And it just sounds like they get lazier and lazier. It's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. But then in one of the choruses, they keep a mess up. <laughs> oh yeah, I really they, love that mess up. I thought uh, that was so funny. Yeah, yeah, I was like I was like this is this is like to me like when people talk about the show they're like they, they fucked it up and they kept it in there. It's amazing. And um I love the Wii-O. <laughs> like the uh, yeah. Wii-O part. I was into that quite a bit. Um but uh yeah, like it actually on Genius says one foot in the and it has an uh, asterisk saying fuck up. <laughs> That's what yeah. it says in there. <laughs> But I don't know. It might have been on purpose. It might have not have been. But it's just kind of like, it's like this, like, I don't know. I don't really care kind of thing. Like, it it, it was almost like they were making a song that's like a, just like, oh, this song is what a contractually obligated song sounds like. But it's a great song. It's great. I'm I'm really into I don't know. Um, And it's it's a rock song. Like, it's, it's like punk with horns, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's why I put, and and that brings us into the next song in here, number four, nightclub jitters, which it's like a jazz, so bizarre. A yeah, it's, it's a lounge song. Yeah, it's not. It's but not. It's, it's not bad. It's just that I just feel like does it belong in this record? It's it's not that it doesn't belong in this record. It doesn't belong at track four. Okay, I think track four is way too early for like a throwaway kind of joke track. What do you think should be like closer to the end? You think this is like. It's like a break song. So this should have been like a track eight, maybe. Like this is what you play before like your rocking last four songs on the record or yeah. something like that. Like I don't know. It's way too early in the album for this to be popping. It's up. like a, it's like a like a novelty song, right? I would call it yeah. Because because people were saying, well, they trenched out with different styles. They tried cocktail jazz, but no one just plays with this style just to to like expand the horizons. It's it's kind of ridiculous to say yeah they're really like branching out man saying like you know they're really branching out their cells they're trying cocktail jazz i'm like really that's not like yeah but if you're if you're doing a we're doing this to branch out our style thing you need to do it more than once (laughs) yeah because they don't branch out into any other weird styles on this they just a bunch of kind of like power pop punk-esque songs and a lounge song Yeah, yeah in the middle of it like or you know it's it's you're right. It's weird. It's still in the first half of the record, and I don't I don't hate it. And I but I just if I were if I were like um if I were uh, in the replacements and Paul Westerberg says, hey, I wrote this song, I'd be like, cool, it's stick this as a secret track, or or yeah. you, you know, or like or hey, that's fine. Let's put it on our B sides. Instead of saying, mm-hmm. I bet Paul Westerberg was like, no, this shit's going on the record, and he'd be like. I mean, I guess she did write it most of the record. And I think it's crazy that they did a lounge song, but they also like played it straight because the song's not. It's not funny. Yeah, there's nothing funny in there. It's just like you just you just did a lounge song. Yeah, like you and just it, did one, and, it, and then you make it funny. And listening to this record, you can tell there's a lot of there's sense of humor throughout this whole thing, and um, there's no sense of humor in that song that it sounds silly, <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I don't know, maybe there's something there. Maybe somebody will be like, oh, yeah, they did it as, like, a fuck you to the music industry or something. Because yeah. well, people only listen to the first four songs anyway, so we're going to mess with them. Well, I mean... I'd buy that. But, it, you know, it's just kind of one of those, like, this is weird. This is, like, too out of left field. 
Yeah, I guess. In I the get, middle of this. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> um, let's go to the next one, The Ledge. Uh, this yeah. one actually is an interesting thing about it, because one, it kind of sounds like Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> Don't yeah. Fear the Reaper. But Great it, song. Do I still have my Blue Oyster Cult album? I think I do. Wait, are you a Blue Oyster Cult fan? Damn. Oh, I love Blue Oyster Cult. Oh, damn, did I get rid of it? Why, why, why'd you get rid of it, pal? <laughs> I don't know. Damn. Okay. Uh, but it sounds like Don't Fear the Reaper, for sure. Um, but people don't know if it's if it's coincidence or if it's premeditated, because this song... But they, I mean, they share the same kind of, like, theme, too, so... Pre- uh, yeah. So this song is obviously about someone contemplating jumping off a ledge and killing themselves. Uh, right. This song was banned from MTV. Uh basically just because what it's about. Uh, the, v- the video wasn't shown. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's got that interesting, because, like, there was a video for it uh, that they never showed, because it's about suicide. Right. Um, I, I like this song quite a bit. I think it's a good song, but it's, like, it's really dark. It's certainly kind of, like... It hits kind of like borderline of just like, is this too dark? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question because, uh, you know, uh, Paul Westerberg. I'm gonna keep uh, the you know the mats. Um, he uh, he has he has humor, and I think he tries to inject a little bit of it into the song. But I think we're at a part in American culture in general where suicide's a big deal. And mm-hmm. I, I think both you and I have known people who have taken their own lives by this point. Yeah. And it's it's not funny to me. Uh, but I, I can understand. I think a little bit of dark humor in this. But uh, I, I do also think that he's also, at the same time, pointing to the callousness of it. You know? For example, like, right. there's a line here where it says, um, Policeman reaches for the sill. Watson tries his best. There will be no metal pinned to his chest. You know? Right. Which is I'm I'm not even sure how much of it's like trying to be funny, but it's just kind of like I feel weird like rocking out to this song. Mm-hmm. It's similar to like um, do you know the band X? Yeah, I know X. They have that uh, Johnny Hit and Run Pauline song. Mm-hmm. They used to get really mad when people moshed to that song because mm-hmm. I mean it's a super fucked up song lyrically but the song rocks and it's it's a similar thing with this where like i don't know how i should be reacting to this like do i rock out to this song it's a good song it does rock. it's a great song yeah (laughs) Yeah. like musically it's amazing and the lyrics are are thought-provoking and and um like for example i smell coffee i smell donuts for the press i was like what the fuck like you know and i was yeah it was it was feeling it's a rocking song it's a it's I mean, I guess the best song. I don't want to say suicide, but, um, but man, yeah, it's, it's. A, I wouldn't say it's better than "Don't Fear the Reaper," but oh yeah, yeah. I'm a big "Don't Fear the Reaper" fan. And so that that song got you the Oyster Cult, right? And then you bought the mm-hmm. record. Uh, yeah. And then something happened to it. I'm sure it was like scratched to fuck or something. And I was so, like, oh, I'll get another. Well, copy I think Boy Oyster Cult. I think Dad Rock. They're pretty Dad Rock. I mean, my de- the Dylan stuff I have is pretty Dad Rock too. I dabble in dad rock a bit. I like Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah. I like Pink yeah. Floyd. I like Tom uh, Petty. Tom Petty. I like. I, I, I like Tom Petty. I like. Um, gosh, what is their freaking Deep Purple? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you do like Deep Purple? Do you like? Oh yeah. You like Smoke on Water? But yeah, that's Deep Purple. Yeah. Right? That whole album's really good. That's the first, I think the first riff I learned how to play guitar was uh, 
It was um was smoke on water. Oh, that's like everybody's. Dun, dun, dun. And <laughs> when I have people who want me to teach them something guitar, my go to is the opening riff to "Come as You Are" by Nirvana. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a good one too. Yeah, I mean, I I learned that one pretty pretty early, and so every person who I'm playing guitar and they pick up my acoustic, they're like, "Teach me something, man." I'm like, "Okay, here we yeah, go." Sure. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's, it's a little difficult to be someone who has never touched guitar to learn that. Um, like for example, a good one to learn is if they know Nirvana, something in the way is pretty easy. It's two chords the whole time, you know. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I can teach them to fumble their way through sounds like Teen Spirit because it's all power chords, you know. Right. Polly's a little hard because it's all major chords and they're not power chords, I guess. Anyway, moving <laughs> on, The Ledge, good song. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, since we're talking about Nirvana, uh-huh. let's talk about the song Nevermind, <laughs> which is uh, my second favorite song on the record. Oh, it was my least favorite. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, I don't know. I It didn't rock as hard as the songs before it. Um, uh, and the lyrics were kind of okay, just kind of like, I don't know, ambivalent. I think I was like, oh, I'm about to shout in. I was on that part. <laughs> um, this song is supposed to be about, um, about Bob Stinson, who they asked to lead the band. Yeah, but I mean, it could also very easily just be like, any sort of just like relationship in general like it had its inspiration and it's about it but it's vague enough that you can be like oh it's a romantic relationship oh it's it could be a know, friendship, friendship dissolving yeah yeah and you know you know i don't hear enough songs about friendships dissolving as opposed mm-hmm. to relationships there's a song i mean that song there's a, a scene in um i'm trying to break your heart the wilco documentary mm-hmm. uh it's about them making you never uh well yankee will tell foxtrot so I was thinking the documentary filmmaker must have been like Jackpot when that record became huge because he was recording before the, the record label rejected it, you know. And there's a side, thing in there when the guitar, when the um, members of Wilco was talking about Jay Bennett, who they asked to lead the band, mm-hmm. saying, "You know, I've known Jay for about 15 years, and you know, our, our friendship has run its course." I'm like. To me, like, 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 I don't think about that with any friends. I think, uh-uh. I, I think about sometimes like, have we fell out of touch? But I don't think I've ever been like, yeah, it run its course. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I've had, a, I've had enough of purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I never think that. Like, I have friends that I haven't talked to in years, but not because our friendship has run its course. It's just that we don't, that, you know, it's hard to keep in touch at a mm-hmm, certain point. For sure. I, I feel bad about that too. Like, when you're, like I said, I've said this before, when you're an adult. To make a friend and keep a friend takes effort, you know? Oh, yeah. And you can't... And we're all busy. Yeah. We and, don't have time for effort. And when you get together with someone, you have to have some like, an activity in mind before you get there, you know? Like, like mm-hmm. when I was, like, in high school, friends would just show up and we'd sit around doing a lot of nothing. A whole lot of nada. <laughs> yeah. And now, like, if you, if you like, hey, man, what you up to? Like, nothing? Like, you want to hang out? Like, yeah, what should we do? And we'll be like, well, I guess we uh, should. I don't know. Um, so I mean now I mean now I'm just like I'll bring some beers over and we'll sit outside yeah, in the backyard with six feet apart because we can't we can't like, <laughs> be as close as we used to. Um, hopefully that changes in the next year. I'm I'm pretty optimistic about this coming year. Me too. Yeah. Optimistic about this vaccine and the next four years. Hopefully, um, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I can't do. I was thinking about this today. I was like, I can't wait till travels allowed again because I want to mm-hmm. go to Minneapolis after listening to this record. 
Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just going to wander around and be like, replacements. Yeah, here. we're the mad set. <laughs> yeah. And then you'd be like, be like, you missed it. They're from the 80s, bro. The last time I went to Minneapolis, I was 16. I was at the Mall of America, and Toby Keith just happened to be that day, that day doing autographs. I remember about Thrice's uh, illusion of safety at the same Cootie <laughs> there when I was there. But I saw Dog the Bounty Hunter at the Colorado Renaissance Fair. Oh, he was just there? Was he doing the autographs or was he just he there? He was bounty hunting. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Was the, the camera crew falling around or anything? No, like he was like literally, like legitimately doing it. Wasn't shit. Wasn't for the show. Yo, was he dressed up uh, like uh, in Renaissance garb? To... No, he was dressed up in Dog the Bounty Hunter garb. Well, I mean, people were following him around, weren't they? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, because that's that's a. Wild... It's surprising how well he blends in at a Renaissance festival. Like it was one of those. Like my friend was like, "Is that Dog the Bounty Hunter?" I was like, "That was Dog the Bounty Hunter." Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> do you like Dog the Famous Bounty? racist. Oh, Dog yeah, there the we Bounty go. Hunter. Yeah, I was about to say, like you like, like dude. I was talking about this with someone today about you know how you know Dog the Bounty Hunter is straight racist, right? <laughs> like there's mm-hmm. there's audio evidence of him being racist, and then uh, I was talking about someone about Morrissey today. <laughs> The Moz <laughs> about Moz, and yeah, and um, you know, uh, there was this girl I used to work with. No, no disrespect to her, I don't forget her name too. But um, she in a cubicle, she had a media's murder poster on her wall. And she suddenly uh-huh. glanced at it, and she all of a sudden started gushing about Morrissey. And I'm like, yeah, you heard about that racist shit he's been doing? She's like, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, gonna, she was leaving that day to go see him play like a like a, a state over, and I was like. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't get on board with what the Moz has been saying. <laughs> but, yeah, Morrissey is murder. Yeah, Morrissey. It, 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 the crazy shit he's been up to. Yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, oh, out of his crazy. fucking mind. Um, there are better vegan musicians out there that you could listen to. Don't yeah, give Morrissey yeah. money. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean the Smiths are great. You know, like sure, but not. I don't know. I, I I've never gotten deep into Smiths, but. I res- Me neither. I have a lot of people I respect their taste a lot. They love the Smiths. So, mm-hmm. all right. Um, so Valentine. <laughs> Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> Valentine. I I like Valentine. It's it's my probably my least favorite song on the record besides mm. Nightclub Jitters, but Valentine. Yeah. Um. I like the song. I, it had it had a couple of good lines. Yeah. I really like this kind of like. Uh, you got kind of like a I don't know. It's kind of like a loser. Tragic character, mm. um, I, I, like I think uh, I, go ahead. The well, when you when you wish upon a star uh, that turns into a plane, <laughs> just kind of like this, like not quite like dumb, but just kind of like unlucky, like you know, trying hard to succeed, and it's just kind of like, man, not even that worked. Yeah, I, um, I like if you were a pill to take a handful at my will. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's a song about be like. You know, talking shit kind of it. It sounds like a um, it sounds like a love song. You know, kind of like a, like a like a teenage love song, mm-hmm. but it's not that at all. Looking deep into the song, like with the lyrics, like when you're hungry yeah. and you're fed up. You know, I like that line. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 got some great lines. It's just my favorite song on the record. Yeah, I I think part of that might be because it kind of feels like it's really like loosely played, mm-hmm. like. I don't know if it's like unrehearsed or just kind of or what, but it they weren't trying to get the best like takes on this one. But yeah. I don't know. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, uh shooting dirty poo. Which is a dirty punk song. Yeah, I uh, like it. Yeah. It's, a good it's song. about uh 
kind of rumors and talking shit. Yeah, yeah. Behind a, people's back. There's a fucking solo in it, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got it's got the line, uh, "Do us all a favor and get yourself a spine." I do like the in everybody's choking on the grapevine. I like that too. Yeah, um, but it, it's it's just sort of seems like just some douche nozzle he's just sitting around talking shit. Shooting um, dirty pool. Yeah, get your head out of your ass, man. Um, <laughs> it's it's a punk song. It's it's simple. It's probably four chords. I could probably learn it. It's just not my favorite song on the record, so I'm not gonna bother learning it. Right. <laughs> it's also yeah, got, it's, it's, it's got a rockabilly feel too. It's like a, like a it is. It's kind of like a rockabilly punk. But it, this, this one, one had close to a psychobilly vibe. Do you like any psychobilly like Tiger Army or anything like that? I didn't, not as far as I know. I think really the only psychobilly I like is a couple Reverend Horton Heat albums. Yeah, and the, I think the Necromantics consider that too. Yeah, I don't really like them. Yeah, I, I don't. I had a friend, uh, talk a friend, a girlfriend who was like, she really liked the uh, AFI back before they were known for. Like, the, I think the first AFI album's pretty good. I, I like um, up to the Art of Drowning even, hmm. and uh, she was really into the AFI and. Yeah, if I had like a, you know, a similar imagery to what Tiger Army did, and Tiger mm-hmm. Army like a psycho Billy band, and so that's my really exposure was her talking about Tiger Army, and then me finding like clips like on I think on the Napster or whatever file sharing site I used as a kid, and whatever. Doesn't sound yeah, like, this. like I I like Reverend Horton Heat, mm-hmm. and I like I think I've explored a little bit more. I couldn't tell you who else I looked at. Um, it's it's fine. It it is kind of one of those genres that's like eh, this is all pretty similar. <laughs> it spoofs itself too. Like like it's it's hard to take seriously, you know. Yeah, I think they they like lean a little bit too hard into like what if pinup but punk, <laughs> or what if greaser dude but punk, and it's just kind of like, I mean, do you have to like does does this part of it have to go with this part of it? Can't and- you just like. I, I think I all know. we need when it comes to psychobilly is all we need social distortion. I think we're good. I don't think we need anything else. Are they a psychobilly band? I, they have like like sounds that kind of sound like psychobilly to me. Okay, I might have to check them out. It's essentially you get social D with their their they look like they they're into that sort of pimp style, you know? Yeah. Well, I know the I think the drummer became the singer for Di. Oh, okay. Which real. has one of my. They have one of my favorite punk albums of all time. I need to fucking check that. What's the song that it's called? It's so good that I totally remember the oh, name yeah. of it. <laughs> it's such a good, my favorite punk record. That... It's, it's got a weird name. Okay. Um, uh, is it Ancient Artifacts? And I call I Social D one. like I'm a big fan of Social Distortion. I'm not really. I, uh-huh. I, I don't really like them that much, but I just, I know of Social Distortion. Uh I, I also, oh, Horse Bites, Dog Cries. That's what okay. it's called. Fucking weird album cover. With I don't know. Great album, though. Okay. I, I, I remember I read about this. Um, You know who Ars Fredrickson is of the Rancid? Yeah. Um, he um he has a story about social distortion are so old that he saw them when he was a kid. Right? <laughs> like, and um he asked them why they didn't bleach their jeans. It's because those are not skinheads. And... It, if you guys don't know, there's a faction of skinheads that aren't racist. They just they just are who they are. Yeah, I think the the skinhead style got co opted by by oh, racists, yeah. but it existed before yeah. neo Nazi movements. Yeah, and they listen like reggae and ska and stuff. And um, mm-hmm. 
he Lord Trigger saying when he's a kid he called himself a skunk, which is not a thing. But um, but he, he says that he asked uh, the dudes of social distortion why they didn't bleach their jeans because apparently that's something that that they did that that, that skinheads mm-hmm. did. Because I've seen people do it. It looks like pink afterwards. It's weird. Anyway, huh. moving on to Red Red Wine. <laughs> yeah, which it's it's not a cover of Red Red Wine, is it? It's just another song yeah. called Red yeah. Red Wine. Yeah, yeah. And I this song, I feel like they were drinking a lot of red wine while recording this song because the whole song is about wine. Yeah, it's all about. Which, hey, it works out. It was, it was a uh, it rocks. I'm drinking wine. Um, uh. uh Happy coincidence. It's a happy song, right? It's like red, red so. wine. Yeah, I like it. Red, red wine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like this. The the song is, it's kind of ridiculous in how it is all about red wine. You know, like, like mm-hmm. in like you know, say saying like, and even have a connoisseur rat, and you're like, uh, <laughs> that's kind of clever. Yeah, but it's 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 the least serious song on the record. I, I mean, early. Least, I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's just a song about red wine. Yeah, that's about as deep as it goes. It's pretty skinny. And you're deep. drinking red wine, aren't you? I'm done drinking red Ooh. wine, but I was. Yeah. Are you, are you, do you have a little buzz going? Nah. Nah. I'm not like a like a beer. Just blood. Just blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that brings us to skyway skyway and that's my way or the skyway and that and that, that i actually looked up skyways in the in, um in the atlas because that's where it takes place and uh, what's a skyway a skyway is a bridge between two buildings enclosed in glass usually climate controlled because okay because a uh, minneapolis in the winter is deathly cold not like so for example this is what i've heard if your car breaks down colorado it's a long hard cold walk to the gas station if your mm-hmm. car breaks down in Minnesota, you die. Like okay. that's what they're saying when it comes to how cold Minnesota is, and because it's fucking cold as shit. Um, so they have skyways sitting around the city and traverse downtown without freezing your balls off. Gotcha. So interesting. I I know I wrote down what's a skyway and then I forgot to look it up. So I I just informed you of what skyway is. I appreciate it. And it, um, I want to mention something like about, an, uh, about this song about this mic. Is that I can mutter something and it's still picked up. So this is a mutter skyway. Yeah. Well, like for example, what did you just mutter? Uh, I can mutter in here and it's being picked up and it's affecting the way I talk to people in real life. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You're muttering more. Yeah, I'm muttering more, but you know, whatever. Just standing um, off in the corner, just like, yeah. <laughs> like Matt asked me one for dinner today. I'm, I muttered it and he's like, what did you just mutter? I'm like, okay. Oh, fuck you say to me. Yeah. Uh, by the way, my brother he uh, he's not working. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. It's, yeah, it's cool. And we're all working from home now. It's um, it's interesting. <laughs> we can now sell, we can call your house the office. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm heading to the office. Do 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 For those in so I installed yeah for people who can't see it I guess but I installed black curtains behind my office space so it can be. Sort of separated. Or you know, Wizard can, of Oz of you. I can step out of the office by opening these curtains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very Wizard of Oz of me. I'll just stick my head out. I've, I've been doing that all the time, though. Like, Madden here, I'll stick my head out, you know. But, um, yeah, Skyway, it's like a acoustic sort of love song. Yeah, it's acoustic, but it's got some, like, sneaky little bass fills in there. And I've read there's a Mellotron on yeah, it as yeah. well, which is, like, it immediately makes the song cooler. It makes me want to learn. By the way, I want to learn this song guitar. 
Just do it. It's a cute song. It it's, sounds like it's multiple guitars though, or a twelve string. It does sound twelve string jangly, real jangly in this. Mm-hmm. And th- that, that I think that that's a lot of people's um, gripe with this whole record is that a lot of it sounds like jangle pop, which is I don't really hear it that much, but I've heard people mention that sort of dad rocky of them. I I gotcha. I but I fucking love this this record. I was really into um, but yeah, Skyway. It's a yeah, Skyway. Skyway. <laughs> yeah, which brings us to. Please tell us the name of the last song because can't hardly wait. I can't hardly wait. Yeah. Um, <laughs> name you know named after that movie. <laughs> Not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe the movie was named after this. Do you like? Have you seen Hardly Wait? No. You never. I don't even know what it is. You, you never seen that movie, dude? Wait, 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 wait. What's the plot? Uh, Jennifer Hewitt is this uh, girlfriend of this jock dude, and they break up. And so all the girl, dudes at this party at the end of the year sort of like profess their love to him, but there's one guy who actually is in love with her in a, a non-creepy way. And so it's the whole night's about at a party following these two. It's got Seth Green in it. He has sex with a girl in it. No? Nope, haven't seen it. For whatever reason, I was thinking of like maybe like 40 days and 40 nights. Some I've seen a lot of like random syndicated shit on uh, <laughs> Comedy Central. Okay, well, so this the by the way, the movie does not um, age well due to the amount of uh, homophobic jokes that are in it. Oh, fun! Yeah, well, yeah. I think I will continue to skip it. I <laughs> I can hardly wait for that one. Okay, uh, but one movie that aged horribly since I've seen it, and I remember thinking it was hilarious when I saw it, but now I just, I'm older and uh, less shitty. Um, Waiting? I feel like I never got into waiting. Did you ever watch it? Yeah. Yeah. See, because I, I, thought... I, I remember um, when people were like, "Oh, Ryan Reynolds is going to be the Green Lantern, and it's going to work because he's so funny. He's he should be Deadpool because he's so funny. You should see Waiting." And then I watched Waiting and was like, "He was barely in this movie." <laughs> Do you like Deadpool? Yeah, Deadpool's great. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say, "Yeah, I fucking hate Deadpool too." And I'd be like, "Really?" No, like I'm fine with Ryan Reynolds and all that, but it's just like, what a weird movie to point to. Like, somebody does one comedy movie, and all of a sudden they should be Deadpool. I think I think they're also looking at Van Wilder. Oh, I forgot about those. Yeah, yeah, that that was like Ryan Reynolds' like big breakthrough was Van Wilder. And I guess Cal Payne. Okay, can't hardly wait. Yeah, can't. Hardly, this sorry. isn't the movie podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um. So I I've heard this before, song and I like it. I dig it. Uh, yeah, I mean, can't really wait. It's a good closer. I, I don't. Yeah, it's got it's super catchy. It's mm-hmm. got a horn section, which I, I like. How much they kind of experiment with horns on here? I yeah. think it works out pretty well. There's some records that the like their thing is like we put horns on this record and it doesn't quite work like the new Mountain Goats record. Uh, mm-hmm. I like getting into knives. It's a great name for to also for a record, but um, JD's really into the horns, and it doesn't always work for me. Right. But I like the record just fine, just the horns aren't doing it for me. This record utilizes horns just sparringly enough to make it interesting. Yeah, it, like, adds flavor. Yeah. Um, uh, horns are kind of one of those, like, you need to go all in on them and you need to compose stuff around them if yeah. you're going to use them extensively. Like, mm-hmm. they kind of, you need to take a step back and you need to focus on. It's weird. They got to be written a lot differently. Because I think of like bands that horns work really well in, 
or like I mean obviously like ska bands but like they work really well in Mr. Bungle yeah I've talked to people about Mr. Bungle recently um <laughs> it's hard not to uh I've heard people say like for example I think I talked to a friend Saturday about Mr. Bungle and she's like I just don't get it <laughs> and I, was like, I mean I have a lot of friends who are like we have the same taste in music. You should try Mr. Bungle. And they're like, what the fuck was this? Yeah, I, <laughs> it's I, awful. Uh, I feel like, I, you know, I'm pretty ambivalent Mr. Bungle, right? Mm-hmm. But everyone I talk to either hate or love Mr. Bungle. And I'm yeah. one of the few people that are in the middle. Like, I just, I Well, just, have you listened to more than Disco Volante? No, just the one you showed me. <laughs> okay. They only have two other albums. Okay, so. Uh, so maybe try California or Self-Titled. I, 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 have a, I remember Mr. Bungle a little bit from when I was like a... My friend's older brother really liked Mr. Bungle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, he also liked Marilyn Manson a lot, which... What's going on with Manson, man? Uh, who knows? I, I never got into Apparently him, his new so. record's really good, and I'm not going to listen to it. <laughs> I'm just, I don't like Marilyn Manson. Yeah. So why would I listen to it? But I, I do remember there was this... When I was in high school, Like he came out with this record called Mob Scene. It was like... Uh, mm-hmm. And it was Ben basically clowning hip-hop because he, he was... He, he got a grill, you know, like... A grill, and he's just making. I was like, "That's kind of shitty to be clowning on hip hop like that." But moving on, it's can't really wait. Um, yeah, I don't really have much left to say besides I like the uh, lyric of "I'll write you a letter tomorrow." Uh, tonight, I can't hold a pen. I also like Jesus rides beside me. He never buys any smokes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like Jesus take the wheel, but he's not taking the wheel. He's Mm-mm. he's not doing anything. <laughs> just hanging uh, but uh, yeah, um, that that was um, replacements. Please to meet me. I fucking love this record. I can't wait good. to explore more uh, put more mats. Honestly, I uh, I was really pleasantly surprised by by this band. Um, like you said, a little dad rock, but you know, anyone's by a local who's a big local fan has learned to love a little dad rock. My right. dad, my dad really <laughs> likes the song "Hummingbird" off of "Ghost Is Born." Uh huh. It, it's it's. The easiest song to like too, or or to be like hear it like four times. You're like, this good song, and you're like, God, this shit's. And your dad's might like turn it up. I'm like, fuck, all right. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, you know, uh, I have a friend. Uh, my, fr- I have another friend. I have lots of friends apparently. Um, that uh, her dad got her in like MC5 and stuff like that. Uh huh. And uh, my dad, I don't think my dad would ever gotten me anything like that, like MC5 especially. Uh-uh. Uh, I mean, and yeah, you told me your dad has the worst taste in movies, so. he. Uh, but he got me into, like, King Crimson. He he's, he likes a lot of progressive rock. Okay, so that's where your prog rock side comes in? I think so. Okay. It was in your blood. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, <laughs> a, okay. lot of, uh, a lot of synthesizers and long songs for me. <laughs> All right. Um, surprisingly, we didn't have a whole lot to say about these records this this go around, you know, it seems like, or at least the first one, we were we had a decent amount to say about the replacements one, but I don't know something, something about the Talking Heads one. I think was uh, something on in there was lost on me, and I just did not connect with it. And you think you'll kinda, do? You think it will go back and listen to more? I'm gonna listen to more Talking Heads. Um, it remains to be seen if I'll go back to Remains in Light or Remain in Light, but. I'm definitely going back. We'll see. I'm definitely going through more replacements after the after uh, getting acquainted. Please to meet me. I'm definitely going yeah, back. Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably do Talking Heads uh, '77 next just to see it. If I can't find anything there, then I yeah. might have to give up on Talking Heads. <laughs> well, yeah, this was a this was a good topic though. Like 
this really made me think, and it really took us a long time to put together. Yeah. I mean, this may have to be one we swing back around to at some yeah. point. So, uh, you know, I think it's time for what? Do we to draw another topic or another yeah. theme? All right, I got, I got the hat right here. All right, I'll shake it up. Not that I've. Here we go. And our topic is. Oh no, it's the gauntlet. Oh, oh no! <laughs> I was dreading this one. Uh, so the gauntlet can be whatever you want it means, but generally I was thinking it was the most challenging record that we like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so um, the gauntlet. This is. Uh, I mean, I've got man, I've got so many ideas. I thought about this um, this red this um, topic when I was in Home Depot. <laughs> I don't know uh-huh. why why that comes to mind, but I definitely I texted you while I was in Home Depot like the gauntlet is a, is a good topic. So, yeah, uh, this is the one I've actually been thinking about the most. I was like, when this one comes up, I'm going to have such a hard time choosing because it's like, who man. You're going to be so <laughs> mad. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I got I to search for because I know there's something that you're going to dislike and that I love. Or, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make you dislike something, but I'm definitely doing something that's the most challenging uh, for anyone to like, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I mean, I have three on here right now that are like, these are, ooh, like, these are... Oh, you're writing down the ideas now. Look at you go. Oh, yeah, I've got four, four lined up already. Um, oh, man. <laughs> I love uh, this one. <laughs> I'm feeling swans might show up at some point. I don't know. They have to show up at some point, but it's like, I wrote swans down in this list I just wrote down, and it's kind of like... No, I can go more gaudy than that. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. All right. Uh, I mean, I'm af- I'm afraid that it's gonna be a two-hour record. All right. No, I won't. I won't go too long. Uh, they they might feel like okay. two hours, right. but <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, and then we have uh, a live album theme in there, and uh, I have a record. I have a live album that I can't wait and think of right away. But uh-huh. when I came to him, I'm like, he has to listen to this, um. You might hate me for that one. Okay. That's fine. It's dope. You'll probably be cool with mine. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, what else you got going on, pal? Um, I do the music for this podcast, mm-hmm. the song you're listening to now, the song we open the show with. Um, uh, the band is called The Smell. Uh, we are on Bandcamp at smell.bandcamp.com. Um, also doing a little bit of work on a friend of mine's like YouTube channel uh, called Cool Bandana Guys. It is a video game channel. There's some like roundtable discussions. There's uh, podcasts. There's let's plays, and I show up sporadically here and there. Um, we just did a long discussion about um, the games of the last generation because the Xbox Series X and the PS5 just came out. So it's kind of like this big culmination of like, what were what were the Xbox One and PS4 and games released during that time about? What are your thoughts? So we could do this really quick. What are your thoughts on what's happened with uh, Cyberpunk 2077? Uh, I think people might have gotten themselves a little too hyped up for a studio that only has one good game. Okay. But the Witcher Three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're they're one for seven, um, and. 
I, I don't know. I think people were expecting it to kind of be a step into the future, and it's kind of just like, ah, oh, here's a culmination of the last generation. Um, but it's also a broken mess that hopefully they'll fix. But yeah, I think they, they just didn't give themselves a realistic enough timetable because they wanted to make that launch window. Okay. Uh, what I also, about you? What else do you have going on? I know okay. we mentioned, we kind of hinted at it earlier. <laughs> I do another podcast every weekly called Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. We do two movies a week. We rarely miss a week. Uh, you know, this holiday season will be no exception. Um, I never mentioned this, but also I have a, a band camp where I uh, have little folk songs here as well as two. Oh, nice. ChristyOwen.bandcamp.com. I'm there. I don't really like talk about that much. It's not a big deal to me, but... You know, every night, I mean, who knows? I, I plan to add stuff to it soon. Whatever. Um, also, if you want to stick around till the end of this episode, we have a song by Ronks called Emo Christmas. Again, you can reach them at uh, Facebook.com slash RonksNY or just Ronksband at Twitter and Instagram or you can listen to them on um, Spotify. So, uh, is that it? That's it. We will see everybody next time. Hey, thanks for listening to Record Night. Bye.
inside Everybody's feeling 